0: Welcome to Liquid Courage, the podcast where I, Amanda Pereira, sit down with a fellow artist that I admire and ask them the questions I've never had the guts to ask them before. Sounds scary? Yeah, it really is. So I use a little Liquid Courage in the form of my guest's favorite drink. We cheers, chat, and connect as I attempt to soak up all the wisdom they have to offer. Today I sit down with Jay Stevens and we throw back some non-alcoholic beers thanks to Partake Brewing. With over a decade of experience behind the camera, Jay's mission as a filmmaker is to continue bringing dynamic, personal, and visually captivating LGBTQ content to the forefront. Jay is the co-creator, cinematographer, and director behind the high-energy mockumentary series, Slow Pitch, which you can watch now on Amazon Prime and OutTV Go. Jay has continued their directing career, directing an episode of CBC and HBO Max's Sort Of, and an episode of Astrid and Lily Save the World, granting them a nomination at the DGC Awards this year for Outstanding Directorial Achievement in a Comedy Series. This past September, Jay was invited to participate in the Toronto International Film Festival's Filmmakers Lab, and Playback has named Jay one of their annual Top Ten to Watch. Currently, Jay is working on a number of projects, one of which is a feature film about a transgender male musical theater performer who is relearning their voice after starting testosterone. And they are shooting the movie in a very unique way, which we get to chat about a bit in this episode. So Jay is a director, a cinematographer, a creator, and someone I admire immensely.
1: Hi, Jay. (laughs) Hello, Amanda.
0: I, as we were just saying when we were getting set up, it's weird that I've never met you, but I have never met you, and I, I didn't share this when we signed on to start recording, but like I'm a little <laughs> starstruck. I am such oh a big gosh. fan of yours. I know that's oh my god, so gosh. gross to hear, and I'm my hands are sweating saying it, but I'm such a big fan of yours.
1: I'm sweating because I don't think I've ever heard it before so like I'm not like no stop I'm like really though really I mean I'll take it yeah just take it well and for viewers
0: and listeners like we have had many of your loved ones on the show Knox Perry. Perry Voss, yeah. I should say last names. Sam Coyle. And yes. so I feel like it was only a matter of time. Maybe that was my sneaky we were, plan. We were
1: circling. Yeah. yeah we yeah. were
0: circling. And now we're here. <laughs> and I'm so glad that we're here. We are drinking Partake Brewery, which the name. Oh, wait. Did I say brewery? Brewing. Sorry.
1: Brewing. Brewing. That's okay. Great name. They did a good job, I think, with that.
0: Yes. For a yeah. non alcoholic beer to have, like, partake, like, you can still partake. It doesn't matter. I was on board immediately.
1: Yeah. Be included.
0: Yeah. Be included. And even there's, like, I don't know, the can has, like, a concert.
1: Yeah. yeah. People are obviously just, like, rocking out at a concert. <laughs> yeah. 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 Everyone good. is drunk and they're like, you can oh be my there gosh, too. So, look. I just saw this. It's a 0.3% alcohol. (gasps) So they're kind of lying. Did yours say 0.3? Imagine 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 mine was 0% and I'm like, oh, Jay. I never knew that before. Wow. Wait,
0: so (laughs) 0.3. But it literally right underneath says non-alcoholic beer, but 0.3.
1: Maybe that's like the percentage of error. Because I've learned that they make alcoholic beer and then somehow they take the alcohol out of it. So maybe that's like their percentage of error. Oh
0: because they have to cover like they like lawsuits or like whatever they have to cover (laughs) it narrows down um their customer base you know what
1: i mean yeah
0: i'm watching so much shark tank but i'm like that narrows down their customer (laughs) base for some people um it would yeah wow well they're not a sponsor now but partake brewing loving loving their name i'm gonna yeah crack this
1: You didn't spill on your keyboard.
0: I did. First time. First time you heard starstruck first. Well, from from someone said it to your face, really. And first time I didn't drop this on my keyboard. What milestones we are going through today together. Congratulations. Cheers.
1: I hope you like it. I don't
0: know. Honestly. Oh, my God. I'm not copying from the (laughs) imagine i was like
1: imagine i just vomited in front of you you i mean you could be i listen the first time i had non-alcoholic beer i wasn't so sure about it but i found this one i was like i don't hate it
0: this tastes first of all i like the taste of every beer and this just tastes like beer except for sour but this just tastes like beer
1: yeah that's why i like this one because a lot of them don't oh they don't i don't know know why i've switched to non-alcoholic oh yeah tell me if you look it says zero grams of sugar on the back Mm. And I recently got told that I'm verging on type two diabetes because it's a genetic thing, and so I've had to cut down on my sugar intake. So I've cut down on real beer to to try and
0: wow. Work on that. What an okay. First of all, that's a whammy of a diagnosis. I mean, yeah. a yeah. That's a whammy of a verge of a diagnosis, but like still legit. That, <laughs> I was like, I, I hear, you, I was listening. You were not talking. About, um, yeah, yeah. That's scary. A genetic thing. Does it? My dad has had diabetes like my whole life, so to me, I was either like it's inevitable, or I feel very familiar with it. Like it didn't have a scary. Right. Sc- I don't want it, but it. I'm not like, please <laughs> give it to me. But I'm. I'm not as afraid of it as maybe a diagnosis that I'm like, not very familiar with. So you said it's, it's
1: genetic. Sure. Well, well, apparently, well, apparently, and I did know that cause I've always been tested for it. And mm. yeah, I guess I've seen my dad be able to manage it. So mm-hmm. I wasn't like, Oh, this feels life ruining. Cause it, yes. he also has like a fairly mild situation with it. Um, mm-hmm. But the, the doctor was like, you could do nothing when then we could put you on like drugs. And I was like, mm-hmm. or I could just, you know, yeah. Work out more and diet and exercise. Sugar, so yeah. Trying to do yeah. it, the like actual way versus putting <laughs> medicine in my body.
0: So yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm so mm-hmm. glad to be introduced to partake because it actually tastes really good. And I like yeah. the name yeah. and 0.3%. We can still have <laughs> yeah. still have some of that. That's great. That's now we great. know from both worlds. Now we know learning so many yeah. things. Okay. Yeah. There are so many things I want to ask you. We could do a oh, part gosh. two, three, four, five, maybe that's scary. I'm realizing, yeah, it's like, oh, um, all questions you have answers to, it's just about you. Uh, cause right. I'd love well, to, to get to know you. So I guess, first of all, just what kinds of projects are you, like, do you find yourself drawn towards mostly?
1: Ooh, I would say projects that center, sorry, Siri thinks I'm talking to her. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I would say Projects that center. Oh my gosh! Again, but I'm just gonna ignore it. We're gonna ignore it.
0: Yeah, don't say the word center. Maybe it's center. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> I don't know though. I don't know. I'm trying to guess. I don't know. Whenever I ask Siri to come up, oh, Nothing. she did come up. That okay. Oh, she's well, now we it Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I I am really drawn to projects that. Um, tell LGBTQ plus stories and have those characters at the forefront. I think that um, a lot of people try and get me to narrow down what genre or what format, mm. or if I want to direct or sh- shoot something. But I think that for me, it doesn't matter so much, all of those things, just as long as there's characters that I feel connected to and, mm. and that I feel like are telling a new, interesting part of the the queer experience. That's what I got.
0: I love- <laughs> what a guy your face is so good (laughs) that's great I silly it was honest no that's great I'm wondering too like I always wanted to be an actor and then sort of like found my love for producing or writing or creating things sort of out of necessity because I just felt Mm -hmm. like I was like well no one wants to hire me so I'm just gonna have to make and I know you often in interviews and stuff have said well if there's if there's not a job out there, if someone's not hiring me, I'll just make it. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering how much you creating your own work came out of necessity or came out of you actually just like wanting to create, always wanting to create your own work.
1: I think it kind of like ebbs and flows because if if I think about being little, I was always telling stories. I was always making my own films like horrible films but like I just always <laughs> had the camera and was trying to make stuff. So I think I've always enjoyed telling stories and creating stories. I think that I felt shy about that though. Like saying I wanted to be a director felt easier for me than saying I have a bunch of stories that I I think are worth telling. I think that felt scary and I didn't feel like I had that for the longest time. But I've definitely realized that I I love creating stuff like coming up with characters and worlds and building all of that out. I find really really fun and really really exciting. So I think it initially started as like I need something to show people that I can direct, and then I realized that I actually really like it, and now I'm kind of at the place where I realize I like to do both like I love being hired on to stuff that then it's like a shorter period of time and you get to meet a bunch of people and like jump into someone else's world which I find really cool like learning how other people are are thinking about similar topics but I love creating stuff too
0: yeah what helped you with that like I don't know you said you felt shy with Mm. like saying oh I have stories I want to tell and now it's a little easier like what helped you be able to find that confidence or maybe it's a different word but what helped you get there
1: i've never thought about that but probably can people you tell i want to get better pitch. there <laughs> oh, yeah. oh okay yeah people enjoying slow pitch yeah yeah and like messages where people say watching this really helped me or i felt seen through this i think that makes me go okay like i'm, I'm not out in a world all by myself like these stories are resonating with other people because that's i just try and create from like what would i enjoy Watching. Mm. And so I don't think I had the confidence to think that other people would actually want to watch those things. <laughs> right. Yeah, but right. then after creating Soul Pitch and people watching it, I was like, oh, perhaps if I make something that I would really, <laughs> as a viewer, want to watch, there's at least some group of people somewhere that also want to watch it.
0: Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad. Imagine it's like, ugh, I, The fear when you're creating something, I think, is like, oh, what if nobody wants to watch it? I feel like that never – I don't know. I feel like that doesn't often end up happening. If it's really something that is, like, calling to you and authentic to your voice and something you really believe in, with the internet – A person can see it across the world. So, like somebody's got to. So, I'm just, I'm so glad. I'm a fan of Slow Pitch. Watched both seasons. Congratulations! So fun. Loved it. Thank you. Thank you. Um, What was the casting process like for that project? Not much of one, to be honest. (laughs) Yeah. So
1: so we did an initial like IPF trailer, the Independent Mm -hmm. Production Fund, which is a grant. Um, because you had you have to create a trailer for for the show at that point literally just knocks Gwen and myself they're my other co-creators um we just started going okay who do we know that would be good for this role and yeah. I think that was because we were doing it for basically no money so we mm-hmm. felt ba- just bad like <laughs> calling yeah. people in to not yeah. really pay them but also it's not like we didn't know anyone like we have quite mm-hmm. a, a circle of people and so yeah it really was us being like who do we think would be good for this role? And then reaching out and then only a couple of cast members switched between the trailer and the series. And we did the exact same thing. Like, I think we only got tapes for one role in season two, but everything else. Yeah. It's always been this person's hilarious. Why don't we, why don't we try that?
0: Well, and I, a lot of the people in the show I didn't know of before. And I, it was so nice to get to like be introduced to all of them. And then I knew Knox and or of Knox and then um, no Kirsten who plays the coach. I'm not telling you I'm telling, <laughs> for anyone listening. Her. <laughs> I, was trying, I was like, uh, in case you forgot. Um, and I, I mean, I'm just uh, know her through like the improv scene and I just also just love her. So yes, there's so many great. different ways into that show of like characters or just the juxtaposition of like this slow pitch game that who cares, but there's all this high drama. Like there's so many fun ways into that show and I read that you wanted to allow for a lot of improv on set Hmm. and I'm wondering like from a from a cinematographer and director side like what were the biggest challenges for you in in really wanting to incorporate improv into like the quick shooting schedule you had and also just in general like into the show
1: honestly probably the biggest challenge because I direct but I also and the DOP, so I'm I'm operating the camera as well. Season one, the problem with the improv was it would make me laugh so hard I would ruin the take. Oh, <laughs> no, like you would shake <laughs> the would camera. Would start shaking. <laughs> I would just like completely lose it. Like I was yeah. constantly crying and like. And so, because we have such amazing improvers, and Kirsten's definitely <laughs> one of them. Like I had to learn how to not ruin take, <laughs> right? Because they're so funny, and and yeah. so kind of how we how we did that was we get the script. I think a lot of people think, oh, you allow for improv, so it just is completely off script. That's not kind of how we do it. I I say, like, to get yourself into a scene or out of a scene, just be free, kind of, is is what I like to say. And then I say, don't stop until I yell, cut, because who knows where this will go. And um, because... I'm operating the camera I'm normally so close to whatever's happening and so it's great in another way where I can say now spike the camera like if someone says something funny that's an improv we can add that like in the moment and then just take out my spike the camera so I don't know I that part just feels fun to me so you said challenges but like literally it was just me not ruining (laughs) (laughs) I love the, the improv part of it
0: yeah I love it too I I um uh project that some friends and I filmed we had the luxury of having two cameras going at once and it was so nice for improv to be able to catch mm-hmm. and it was a two-hander like the most of the show so it was just so fun to be able to improvise and like get that incorporated into the show i think i'm very biased i'm an improviser myself so i'm just like oh that's so fun when you get to do that also on set and know that it can it can potentially be incorporated in like the mm-hmm. yeah tops and ends of the scenes so that's that's great I do
1: think a second camera would be nice for those moments because like you're saying like then you have that other coverage the nice thing is because I'm offering the camera I can kind of change the game plan so if it's on the person who says something I can whip to someone else for a funny reaction that wasn't necessarily planned to try and yeah. hit that improv but sometimes we do we're like okay remember that one take where this was the improv try and let's try that again so that we have this side of it so that is the one thing where yeah sometimes you have to like backtrack when you're doing other people's coverage
0: yeah but it's great that you're wearing both those hats in that moment because you're not if you were let's say if you were if you were just director you would have to be like i'm fi- move move the camera
1: you would miss it and as an operator you don't feel the the, the freedom to make that choice right like even if someone says follow your instincts because i've been there and then something's happening and you just you doubt it for a second and then you've missed it and you're like oh would have been so good but we'll never have it <laughs>
0: It's gone because forever Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because of me and I should have trusted yeah. my instincts and now I have to go home and talk to my therapist about yeah, yeah, how I didn't yeah. trust my gut and it's a whole spiral. Yeah. Yeah. As like as a cinematographer what are your favorite kinds of directors to work with or like your favorite type of director cinematographer
1: relationship? Hmm. I think collaborative ones. I work with a lot of directors who are first-time directors and they're mm. often worried that they don't know enough technically. Hmm. But I'm I'm like, that's my job. In that situation, I should know that. I kind of say that I'm an interpreter. So it's like, you can just say the feeling that you want, or even just that you're like, this isn't right. And I don't know why. And then it's like, <laughs> okay, let's figure out why. Yeah, and maybe yeah. it's the lens size. Maybe it's the lighting. <laughs> who knows? Maybe it's all wrong. But I love that sort of stuff and kind of like working through that language. You talked about Sam Coyle, who mm-hmm. I shot her first feature, Hazy Little Thing. And by the end of the shoot, you just have such a good language because I would just literally be like, what do you think? And then she'd just go, I'm like, OK, so we're going <laughs> to we're going to change.
0: something." <laughs> yeah. And she doesn't know why. Yeah.
1: And she's not sure what. Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Wow. You really you really have to kind of like be I was going to say mind reader. But yeah, you already used a word that's way better than mine. Interpreter. Like, it's literally that you really have to interpret it also sounds a little bit exhausting sometimes. Like, I'm just thinking if people are like, I want this. I don't know what it is. I want something different. Can you figure this out?
1: If someone doesn't have a vision, it's exhausting. But right. I, I I work <laughs> right. with people, luckily, who do have the vision. They just might not have the language. And I think that's very different. Yeah, as long as there's a clear vision and then you start to know when they think it's right, like the first few setups, you're like, okay, they didn't like that, but they like this. So we're figuring out what kind of world they want to build i don't know i find that that's the part i find fun
0: yeah yeah how does how does your experience as a cinematographer help you as when you're directing
1: oh i think it helps me a lot yeah i think having that understanding of the technical side helps so much in directing literally just from a shot listening point of view but more than anything i'd say like the end of the day you're behind because you're always behind And it's the last scene and you're trying to figure out what shots to cut, I feel like, or like how to combine shots or something. I think it really helps in moments like that where you, like, I feel like that stuff comes very naturally to me. And so I think that's where it comes in the most useful because I can quickly pivot because I kind of know both sides of it. I thought moving into like union television that I would, I'm just directing, that I would miss the... Cinematography side of Mm. it, and then it probably took me half a day, and then I realized I (laughs) love just being able to say like I want it to look like this, yeah, but not have to figure out how to do that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. how someone else interpret. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. absolutely. I I I love that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, has like has directing changed how you then approach? cinematography like then when you if you after having directing experience and then you're going back to being let's say like on another job you're going to be the cinematographer does that influence how you do that job as well
1: I think probably yeah I think in in very similar ways Mm -hmm. and again in working with a lot of first-time directors can kind of help them if they ever get lost Mm -hmm. because I found there's always normally like one point where someone goes I don't know what to do here. And and you can kind of like work with them again and not, and not make it your vision but like work with them and talk to them about the things that they might like really need to get the scene in a way that that works for the film.
0: It must have been such a nice relief like when you when you were talking about being on set for and you're specifically directing and you're like, I thought I would miss it. And then half a day. And I'm like, I'm happy to throw it out there. Cause sometimes it's hard, you know, like as gig workers, often we spend mm-hmm. more time between the gigs than actually doing the thing we want to do. It's like, yeah, it's like me being a dentist, but I only spend like twenty percent of the time <laughs> dentisting, touching. But you really teeth. think about the, but you think teeth, about all the time. teeth all day and you plan it out and you envision the <laughs> smile you'd like to create or someone. So like yeah. I think sometimes it's easy to sort of think like fuck do I actually love it this much like do I actually Mm. want to do it this much and so I think it can be I was just telling my partner the other day that I was at like a a voice acting workshop thing and I came home so lit up like oh god that was reassuring like I fucking Mm -hmm. love acting thank god because sometimes you go for so long so yeah I just I imagine that it would be a really nice relief to realize oh yeah yeah I do love directing like think I'm going to keep totally
1: this going. yeah and it's actually interesting when you talked about getting into other things so that you could support your acting yeah. that's how I got into cinematography like I've always wanted to be a director but it's hard fresh out of school to get hired as a director you know and so I was creating my own stuff but I kind of fell into the camera department like I was supposed to PA on the shoot and then the night before the camera assistant dropped out and they went you know how to work with cameras right and I was like uh yeah and so like third job out of school instead of PA <gasps> I, I, I was the second AC and I never thought I would ever do that job I wasn't like I feel technically like appropriate for this right, job you're like <laughs> yeah Technically yeah, appropriate. Right. I,
0: know. I know I love that better technically appropriate that's great <laughs> Yeah, I
1: actually love that better that. that's great um <sighs> but then I kept getting hired by that production company as a camera assistant and so I just started kind of at the same time I was trying to direct and then I kept getting hired as a camera assistant. So, like, cinematography was never the plan. It was just the thing that I was getting hired and paid to do while I could make my own short films for no money as a director. yeah.
0: (laughs) Sometimes that scares me, because I... I, I, something that scares me. That was such a stupid (laughs) setup. Like, listen, sometimes you scare me. Like, no. I get what you're saying. The idea. I get it. The idea that you're gonna, so I, it took me so long to finally actually tell people I want to be an actor. I just, for so many like Mm -hmm. weird mental blocks, I just couldn't say it out loud to people, but I always knew. And I sort of felt like I need to be experienced. I need to be knowledgeable enough in all of the things to deserve to be an actor. So I like- Mm -hmm. I took a full course to be like a a script coordinator and like worked in casting for years, all these things. And I found sometimes when I would try and do something else, I almost felt like, Oh my God, people are just seeing me. They don't know I'm an actor anymore. Like they're just seeing me as casting. They're like, Oh, you act since when? So thank God you enjoyed cinematography, but did it, was it ever kind of hard to like did it ever feel like, oh my God, people are seeing me as this and like my director dreams are going away. Where are they?
1: 100%. I think right before Slow Pitch or probably mm-hmm. until Slow Pitch came out, I was kind of in, in that world. And again, it's also what what you are telling people that you do. Because I also think for the longest time, I told people that I was in the camera department, whether it was saying I'm a camera assistant or then a camera operator or then a cinematographer. I was saying that to people, so they're going to take that as as what you do, and then I kind of felt that with directing, being like, oh, no one knows I want to do this thing, and now I kind of feel shy about it, and so it did take, I think, slow pitch coming out for people to realize that that's what I wanted to do, and then from that point on, I tried to like put out what like even on just on social media you know like talk mm-hmm. about my directing and not just post stuff that I've shot and like yeah. in my bio saying that I'm a director and that sort of thing because people will believe what you put on Instagram that's <laughs> that's the moral of this story just say what you want. And then people will be like, oh, I would need a director. And this person is yeah. their director. It's perfect.
0: <laughs> say that you are what you want to be. That's a weird thing, too, is like, I want to be an actor. When do I call myself an actor? Like, when am I an actor? Or when you are, are you a director? And I'm like, well, you just are. These aren't things. Yeah, yeah it's not. It's just you just are as soon as you're like I'm committed to doing this thing you are you might not
1: be a good actor or a good director no but <laughs> you're uh
0: there's bad dentists they still so- call themselves dentists yeah, yeah, yeah. they ruin a bunch of uh, people's smiles they before ruin they get yeah exactly. we can do that too yeah. absolutely they could do all of that what do you like what do you love so much about directing
1: I I don't know I I, I think I just love telling stories and I really love working with the actors like I find that dynamic so fun and sometimes challenging but it's like a, a fun challenge and listen I'm I'm a Leo so I would be probably lying if I said that I didn't like the control of it too like I like <laughs> I like being able to make decisions I, I like yeah because sometimes even as a cinematographer you have to be like okay that's that's what you want to do and honestly as a director on a union set that then becomes a whole different dynamic in terms of hierarchy but yeah, I do. I I see things very clearly in my head. And so I like being able to, to actually make that happen.
0: Mm. Are you into astrology? No. Oh, I was like, what do Aries do? I was like, oh my <laughs> God, Leo? Cool. <laughs> I don't know anything. And
1: I want to know all the things and I never Google yeah. it. I feel very similarly. I'm, as a as a queer human, I'm yeah. I'm uh, surrounded by a bunch of people who are obsessed with astrology. <laughs> yeah, and so yeah. I just get tidbits every once in a while. Or people tell me, oh, that's because you're a Leo. And I go, yeah. okay, great.
0: Same. All the time, they're like, you're an Aries, aren't you? I'm like, what are you seeing? Or like tarot cards up there? I can't even point. And yeah. I'm like, I don't know how to use those. Someone told me I was a cuspy Aries. And I'm like, well, fuck, now I have to know what that means too on top of it
1: uh cuspy does that mean uh, that you're on the edge of uh the date like of you glory be? your hands yes. just
0: perfectly framed lady gaga's name in the background oh, and so i just it. immediately
1: thought about Gloria.
0: um oh, yes because i'm like a day right. the day before i would have been a taurus and i was born early
1: but mm. now i'm forgetting
0: what it actually is supposed to be but maybe we'll learn about it i never i never my stepmom has the same birthday as me and she will often be like Like, and so lovely. In a loving way, she'll be like, oh, that's because we're Aries. And it's always (laughs) characteristics that I feel like are not myself. Like, I feel like it's
1: opposite to me. So I get so confused.
0: Like, I I don't... I think I was supposed to be a Taurus. Anyway, I got excited that maybe you can tell me I'm all the so things. sorry I
1: can't I can't tell you all the things. no
0: it's fine it's fine it's just like we clearly will not create something together about astrology because that's not our story to tell like we don't know we anything unless we it's shouldn't. a
1: documentary about like learning the basics, learning like an ancestry.com but through <laughs> astrology sort of thing okay great we'll pitch that for everybody we that. Yeah. we'll get that
0: yeah. so okay so speaking of directing on union sets mm-hmm. directing an episode it's not out yet but directing an episode of sort of so I got so excited of sort of (laughs) yeah I said out yet um (laughs) which I'm all I mean I'm just a big fan of the show so I like Mm. again another layer of fanning out on you fan (laughs) fanning out geeking out whatever what was it like going to direct a set of a show that you were already such a big fan of like what was that first day like or the first meeting or whatever
1: it felt very surreal because another word that siri gets involved in (laughs) um we found another one Um, (laughs) okay you can't say centered or surreal
0: it's it's, we're cutting them out okay Um, Okay, you're gonna get to the end and you're gonna be able to say like five words fucking technology
1: yeah yeah just nodding Nodding and drinking
0: yeah and i'm I'm translating for you i've become your cinematographer oh my god Meta okay (laughs) what was it like what was it like directing on a show you are a fan of, or you were a fan of going in.
1: It was the strangest thing because I have always been such a big fan of TV. Like I feel like that's a dumb thing to say, but like, I just love (laughs) TV and I've always watched too much. So like only thing I fought about with my parents when I was growing up was they would always be like, stop watching TV. And I'd be like, but I've got seven more shows I want to catch up on tonight. Yeah. Like you yeah. have to do something else. And so I used to get like obsessed with shows and, and picture the moment where I could be on that set and then mm-hmm. watching the first season of sort of, and like the representation and the amazing tone of it. Cause I think it's like very much in line with the type of stuff I want to be making tone wise. I felt like that when I was just watching it and I definitely was a fan of the show. And then, yeah, just the interview of it with like Bilal and Fab in the interview. I was like, "What is happening in my yeah, life right now?" Like, were you just so the interview nervous,
0: like, like yeah. How oh did- yeah, I was so oh. sweaty.
1: I got so red. I was, yeah, I was like, "They're never going to hire me because I'm, <laughs> I'm a um, tomato." A sweaty tomato. And then I think it was like so weird. And then stepping into the different locations, like stepping into just the the houses and stuff. I'm, not, I'm trying not to spoil things. I'm not supposed. Yes. to that's why I'm yeah. like, what can I not say? Yeah, yeah. That was that hesitation. But stepping to certain locations where I'm like, this was on TV, and I watched this in my living room during the pandemic, and now I'm standing in it, and like, that's amazing. You're that's like what you dreamed of as a kid. Like
0: that's what you pictured. Yeah. Like I want to be on that set, and then you were on that set do you just like
1: retire and die in that moment like i th- i think i think as soon as it comes out i'm gonna <laughs> right, announce right, my retirement no, right, right, there's, right, no, okay. there's no there's yeah, no peaking yeah. i've yeah. peaked so i'm out
0: oh that's so cool god and it's like so incredible to get to have that experience of like that's what you wanted when you were a kid and now you get to do it
1: yeah yeah and i have to say like i know amanda cordner from slow pitch mm. oh right but Yes. i just watching the first season seven Was just I was like I love Seven. There's I just love this character. The (laughs) energy is incredible, and so Amanda walking on set as Seven. That was weirdly the moment where I was like, Oh my god, I'm such a fan. But like because (laughs) (laughs) like you already, even though in the in between I had already worked with her as in slow pitch. But yeah, for for some reason Seven in particular, I was like, Oh my gosh, I get to direct Seven. That's so cool. (gasps)
0: And it's like this isn't like real life would be directing Amanda but I'm in this world like yeah, I'm in yeah, yeah. I'm in the world where Amanda is seven Amanda doesn't yeah, exist yeah, yeah. anymore Yeah
1: yeah And I get to be like, I love it when you say king and queen to each other. I was like, can we add that into this scene that's not written? And they're like, sure. And then they said it. And I was just at the monitor, like, losing my mind. I was like, I'm in my fantasy. This is happening. You're just choosing
0: all your favorite moments from season one and be like, wait, wait, can you do the thing where, yeah, 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 do that. Oh "Oh, my God, this is great.
1: When my episode happens, I'm like, we've seen this all before. And I'm like, isn't it amazing?
0: Yeah. Jay, this doesn't make sense with any of the like season arcs. And this is literally just a montage of the first season Like, they're a highlight yeah. reel, highlight reel. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe this is a stupid question, but like, was there any imposter syndrome going in? I could direct 20 episodes of a show and I would still walk in the 21st feeling imposter. Like, how did you get through the imposter
1: syndrome of that moment? Everything I do, I feel imposter syndrome to be very <sighs> clear. <laughs> be very clear if anyone ever figures out how to get through that I would love that um you just have to do the thing because otherwise you're gonna do nothing I don't know it's like yeah I'm incredibly nervous before I I step into the first meeting and then I'm incredibly nervous the first day on set and um I don't know I think you just have to show up and like, you can't, you probably don't eat much. That, like, <laughs> I, I don't eat much that morning. I barely can drink coffee just because I'm so nervous that I'm like, this isn't going to go well if I eat food. Yeah. But yeah, you just have to, I don't know, try and be like, it's because I feel nervous, but I'm actually excited and like try and try and do that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, why, why am I doing this to myself and my nervous system? Like, why did mm-hmm. I choose this career? But then also, mm-hmm. there's nothing like it. Like, when you really, mm-hmm. After the few, the few, after the, after the, maybe it's not a few moments. Cause sometimes it could be like weeks leading up to it of, of, of imposter syndrome. But once you're actually on the other edge of imposter syndrome, it's like, oh my God, this is the sweet spot. This is where I'm supposed to be. Mm. Like, you know, though, it pisses me off how many people feel imposter syndrome. I mean, I feel like it's mm. everybody and it's,
1: it's not everybody, but it's a lot of people
0: who, what are their secrets or are they like then they're assholes?
1: Yeah, I think maybe. Oh. I don't know what their secrets are. I also think what help, helped me, because yeah. I, so my first union production was Ashton and Lily Save the World. And with that, I had built union sets up to this big thing. So I never stepped foot on a union set. And then I was like, but now I'm going to direct, but I've never been on one. And yeah. like, because of the pandemic, <laughs> I was trying to job shadow and no one would have me on set. And I was like, oh gosh. But then you just realized it's all the same thing like it's it's the skill set that you already do have sure it's a different scale there's way more people on set and like all these different things but fundamentally it's the it's the thing that you know how to do and I think realizing that that's what I try and tell myself and the same thing then stepping onto sort of it's like it's the thing you know how to do it's it's this framework that feels terrifying but like you do know what you're doing and then everyone there wants you to succeed too you know like so if you do have those moments where you're failing or flailing, I guess, more so people are there to help you out and then like no one wants it to sink. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. And you're there for a reason. Like even even if the imposter syndrome is like, yeah, well, maybe I faked it through my sweaty tomato meeting. It's like, yeah, how yeah. much can you really fake it? Like, like people see through more than I think we realize they do, you know? Yeah. And and I mean, walking on your first union set and directing, and then you get nominated for an award, like no big deal.
1: So <laughs> I guess whatever you're doing is
0: working. Thank you. <laughs> so I think that is great advice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah thank you. It's interesting that you say um, you grew up watching like too much TV or like your parents were like, you're watching too much TV. Uh, I also grew up watching enough TV that I felt ashamed about it and (laughs) I still do. And then sometimes there's this little voice inside me that's like, well, nobody would shame me if I spent all that time reading books and I'm still Mm -hmm. like diving into a story. It's not like Mm -hmm. I'm rotting away on a couch. What were kind of the TV shows that you were like obsessively watching as a kid growing up? Like what were your favorites?
1: I mean, I think this is why Slow Pitch is a mockumentary, but like The Office, I was absolutely obsessed with. And I'm trying to think of like the first one, and I actually think, (laughs) doesn't hold up whatsoever, very aware of that, but The L Word, and that was more so as like a closeted queer kid i just was like oh my god representation and literally would like watch it under my covers on my computer at night because i was like i don't want my parents to know i'm watching this show and that wasn't just
0: because it was a tv show it was like because it was the l word yeah okay got yeah, it yeah yeah, yeah yeah
1: and they never knew it wasn't like they specifically were like you right. can't watch this show that was me yeah. being like if they know i'm watching the show they'll know i'm queer and my life will go to shit but yeah it didn't, <laughs> <laughs> it didn't. it's great
0: it's great yeah. now it yeah. would be it would be great if there could just be- kids like that there could be kids who aren't queer who are watching shows that that have queer people on it that they're like Mm -hmm. oh i'm hiding under my covers because this show tends to show like steamy kisses and it has nothing to do like that it's not oh my god if they see i'm sure it
1: does happen though but but that show also is not appropriate for children like (laughs) which is i will fully say (laughs) it's (laughs) not i'm not like everyone should go watch this especially (laughs) kids i'm like it's not appropriate I remember watching it and being like, what is happening? Because it was like, I was, it was too soon, but yeah, I was yeah.
0: obsessed. <laughs> I just think like, it sucks that feeling that, oh my God, because I'm enjoying queer content, everyone's going to assume that I'm queer because only a queer would, would enjoy queer content. Right. You know? Okay. And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh man, like I, yeah, I used to read, um, now I'm bringing it to read, I used to um read I used to take them from the library, I don't even know why, and read Danielle Steele, which I don't know if you know about Danielle Steele. I don't know a lot, but all the books are like very <laughs> R-rated. They're not like, um, oh. they're not like sexy books where there's like, you know, like a, like a pirate and a, like
1: and Fabio I don't know. On the, on yes. The thank you, cover. Fabio.
0: Oh, thank God you came yeah. in and saved me. Yeah. It's not those, <laughs> but they're pirate. like about very, very adult subject matter and I just think Mm. like what was I doing as an 11 year old reading Danielle Steele it was too much but um I am also obsessed with The Office I always have it on the go I start from like the pilot and I just watch it all the way through and then I go back it's always yeah you go
1: all the way to the end every time yes every single time like end of season three or four and then (laughs) I'm, i'm sorry i'm feeling like maybe that's what you i don't do you no i uh depends on the time and actually i've 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 figured out that like before slow pitch as we were creating it and stuff i started watching the office again yeah and then literally i think the day that we picture locked i finished all nine seasons and then so for season two, I was like, I'm going to watch it again. So then I just I just always have it on when I'm shot listing and and that sort of thing. So it just it's like in the world enough.
0: Yeah. Um, let it absorb through your skin through it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I watch it all, but I enjoy the earlier seasons way more.
0: Yeah. It's funny. It's funny. Even when I asked you, like, what are the shows that you loved growing up? my first thought was like, oh crap. Like most of the shows that I loved growing up don't hold up now. And so it's like, Mm. oh, does it feel crappy to be like, I loved, I loved friends growing up, loved friends. Now, most of the episodes I have, I'm like, oh my God, so much problematic stuff in that show. So much. And sometimes I'm like, okay, so we know this doesn't hold up. I'm going to, I'm going to try and enjoy it anyway. Or most of the time I'm like, okay, this episode's too much. There's like only so much I I can tolerate to still enjoy it. Yeah. It's also just wild to think that there was a time when I watched it where it didn't even register with me. And now it's so yeah. obvious I can't
1: even enjoy it. That'll happen with all the shows though, probably. Like even ones now will we'll hopefully be more evolved in 10 years and look back and be like, oh, why were we doing that or saying that? I don't know. I know that's the hope,
0: right? I was talking to a writer friend of mine and I was saying like, oh, I, you know, it, Sometimes there's the pressure to write something that you feel will stand the test of time. Mm-hmm. But I was kind of thinking like, well, I hope it doesn't. Like, I hope in 10 years, I have learned more than I know now. Like, I hope yep. ideally in 10 years, the shows we make now maybe don't hold up because we've learned yeah. and we've like moved on from those moments. Love that. So talking about your your nomination and your wins and your TIFF TIFF's <laughs> 2020, I you're gonna hate all this. Filmmaker Lab and Playbacks, 10 Canadians to Watch, all of this. How are you with like receiving praise? How are you with like
1: receiving compliments and awards and things? I get very shy, mm-hmm. but I also love it if we're being honest. Again, and everyone tells me it's the Leo part of me, but I'm like, <laughs> it, it feels nice. I think I maybe some people genuinely don't feel that way. I feel mm-hmm. like people say that it doesn't feel nice, that they're probably lying. Because you like we all work really fucking hard you know and so it can feel like you're creating into a void and -hmm. especially during the pandemic like season one a slow pitch launched and I never watched it with like more than one other human because you're we were in lockdown so yeah it, it feels like I know that I'm growing in as a filmmaker and I think my work is getting stronger and so then for other people to recognize that does feel really nice just Mm because then you're like okay but maybe I am on the right track and I don't think that those things are the only reason to make art to be very clear Mm -hmm. but but yeah it it does feel nice but then I'm very shy and then I don't know what to do with myself in those situations (laughs) but that's okay
0: if you envision having to make an acceptance speech is that like oh wow that would be cool or is that like I hope I get hit by a bus
1: so last weekend, two weekends ago, I don't know, I'm out of time, but I went to the DGC awards that were in Vancouver because I was nominated for Ashton Lily. And I hadn't thought about making an acceptance speech because like it's a sci-fi show. I'm in a comedy category. I'm against like working moms and sort of in pretty hard cases. Like I'm not right. But in the moment where they started calling out names and it's like 600 people in in this room, I went, oh my God, I don't think I could go up on that stage. And I was just like, I hadn't visualized it. And then I was there being like, what do you do if you have to walk on that stage right now? And I, I again, would figure it out. I'm sure like all of the imposter syndrome we're talking about, yeah. but like just in that one for like, 30 seconds as they were announcing those I went oh no oh no that's a (laughs) this is a lot of people
0: (laughs) what a terrifying moment to have that realization it's not like on the plane a week before (laughs) like oh my god they just said my name oh what I can't go up there I can't somebody needs to like just full full panic how did you choose what to wear I just feel like I would panic about literally every decision so I'm like how did you make any decisions I mean
1: I've I've been just reusing the same outfit for the last like three months and so honestly my friend Ben Toner who's an amazing like wardrobe person in film and tv also designs for a bunch of drag people and I just think he's amazing and 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 so I asked him if he could make me an outfit because I like to think that I'll look dashing in like a men's suit but then it never quite fits right and then I get all this like dysmorphia stuff but I was like Ben will help me with, <laughs> with this. And so he helped me design this like sort of suit, but it's not cut like a suit that I've just been wearing to everything since TIFF.
0: Is this the outfit? I I promise I'm not creepy. I've just been doing research. I'll, Is this I'll the do. outfit that you wore um, to the premiere of Adult Adoption with Knox?
1: Yes, the blue, yeah, blue plaid, yeah.
0: Good job. Ben, did you well. Did you, right? did you proud? I, Yeah. Great outfit.
1: Everyone should hire Ben. He's amazing.
0: Oh, uh, Ben. Okay, great. Decision made. It's so easy. yeah. So
1: I'm like, do I maybe put a, a non-black shirt underneath and like maybe wear a white shirt? And then Ben was like, Don't do that. And I was like, Okay, I will you actually asked to you. everything. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, great. You know, it's awesome though when you like have an outfit that you feel that that you, then you don't have to worry about. Like, I feel good in this. I feel confident in this. This uh, uh, like achieves the thing that I need. Great. Pull it out. Let's go. I'm
1: awesome. Like maybe one day I would wear different things to all the different events, but I'm also like, who cares? I like how I feel in it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Eventually Ben will just gift you something or you just, it's like a Homer Simpson, Marge Simpson, whatever. You just have like you technically have 20 of those Ben outfits and you're, we're good. Nobody knows. No, I've,
1: I've fully talked with Ben about how I can't wait to have the money to just get him to design me stuff. Cause yeah.
0: Oh, that's so fun. That's so fun. So you've mentioned in some interviews that like, you always want to make things that you personally would want to want to see on TV. And I think you even mentioned it earlier today. I'm like,
1: "Uh Oh, I'm a broken record. No, no.
0: I mean, also you're, I literally asked you a couple questions that I'm like, I'm sure you've been asked this before, you know, it's not you, it's me. Uh, (laughs) But I'm like, I'm wondering then like these days, what are you Itching to make? Like, what topics or things are you like? Oh, I want to, I'm not seeing this on TV and I want to see this on TV and I, I like, I'm the one to tell this story. Hmm. That's a good
1: question. I mean, I've, I've got like a few shows in development that are all topics and like genres <laughs> that I feel excited about. I do think I've said this before, but like, I want to see some like trans characters who are assholes. I want to see like the Batman or or Bond villain be a queer person or a trans person. You know, I'm like, let's let's move past the coming out narrative or like the having to explain yourself narrative and just let these people exist and and see complexity and flaws because I think that's the <clears throat> that's the thing that people shy away from are those flaws. That's what I'd like to see.
0: Yeah. It doesn't have to be like model behavior for them to be like a full human being. Mm -hmm.
1: And I, 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 that's what I appreciate about sort of too, is that like Mm -hmm. Sebi is not a perfect character and often does selfish things or, or whatever, because it's like, yeah, they're not going to be this perfect human because they're, because they're human. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, totally. I know there is this push to like,
0: queer characters have to be likable, or you're saying if you're queer, you're not likable. And it's like, yeah, but mm-hmm. we never fucking put that pressure on any other, like, that's not a
1: thing. I think that's any minority, right? And mm-hmm. everyone's well, like weirdly fighting to be able to put that, that minority as an asshole on TV. <laughs> it's <Like, laughs> yeah, so like, interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, like, even I remember like people watched the L word and again, we know that there, it had some problematic areas, but because it was like the first of its kind or one of the first of its kind, everyone was like, this isn't representing everyone. And it's like, it can't. It literally cannot represent everyone. It could represent a more diverse group of people for sure. But like, I don't know, Grey's Anatomy doesn't have the pressure of like, you aren't representing all doctors, you know? Like, <laughs> right, yeah, totally. Even though they probably have now, because what season are they on? 40? But um... but still
0: they're not. And they've had like 200 doctors in all the seasons. Yeah. And still, yeah, they, yeah no show can, can encompass every single type of person. Well, I you were saying some things that you have in development. Actually, Sam in her episode in the end was like, yeah, so, you know, Jay Stevens and I have uh, something in development. So uh, like little Easter eggs for people who are listening to both episodes. Look at this. Just worlds colliding. I love it. But I know that you were uh, directing your first feature film with, and I want to say this name right, and I've only ever read it, and now I'm realizing it's the first time I'm saying it out loud. Breton LaLama. Am I saying that right? Yep. Okay, yep. great. Um, so- Could you share what the film is about and like how the idea came, came about?
1: Sure. So I'm still directing it because we're actually shooting over the course of a year in small chunks. And that's because it's called, at least tentatively called, Really Happy Someday. And it's about a trans man who is a musical theater performer and starts taking testosterone, which changes your voice. And so the film follows this man for a year and kind of fighting to get control of his voice back. And it's, I keep using rat catcher as a reference point because it's, it's very observational. It's not like, let's get all the traditional coverage and just like watching this trans man exist, which again, talking about representation and stuff I think there's just power in seeing someone exist in a non like politicized way or a non overly dramatized way. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's what we're going for. And we've, we have an outline of the whole script and then we write each chunk, like we're going to write each chunk before we shoot it, but we're also leaving it open to see what actually happens in in real life and being open to different things that the life and whatever presents us.
0: So did you and Breton come up with the idea together? Is it like a co-collaboration?
1: Yeah, it, it actually was like a very weird, serendipitous series of events because I was, I've was i been writing this other feature film for a few years now and it's just never quite felt right. And mm. I like keep going back to the beginning and trying something <laughs> new and tweaking it a bit and it's just never quite felt right. And Breton and I had followed each other on Instagram for a while but never met in person. And then actually when I was editing, uh, sort of, I looked and there's this guy on his bike and I was like, oh my God, I think that's Breton. He was sitting waiting to cross the street and I was crossing there. And so I I was like, oh my God, Breton? And he was like, Jay? And we literally only met for about 45 seconds, but instantly I just was like, oh, this person, like there just felt like a, a connection there. And that night, he posted probably around 50 like Instagram stories about his vocal transition because he is a musical theater performer who is on testosterone. And uh, I watched them all just being like, oh my God, this is so interesting. And he's really documented how his voice cont- like continually changes. And I was like, this is so similar. Like, The themes of this could be so similar to what I've been banging my head against the wall with for a couple of years, but it feels like a very specific problem. And we're like transness isn't the problem, but there's an element of it that's causing this person to fight for who they are without it just being their existence. If that makes any sense, it wasn't like transness is the problem. It was like control of your voice is the problem. And so that really interested me. So I I messaged Breton. And he was so excited. And then, yeah, we started writing it together. And it's not the the film that I was writing before by any means. And we've just been doing it together and passing the script back and forth. And it's been really, really lovely.
0: What the hell are the odds that, like, (laughs) riding on a bike in the background and, and also for you to be able to recognize Breton from Instagram like like all of (laughs) that that is wow that's amazing well and I had I had read like the unique way that you just mentioned how you're filming it like that you will be filling it and filming it in small chunks over the year so that it does feel authentic in like the the vocal transition and things and I guess like yeah I think that is such an incredible way to film it and like such a unique way and such a perfect way to it Mm -hmm. sounds like to tell the story authentically and what are some of like the challenges in filming it in that unique
1: way for you two? I think we're going to discover a lot of them as we get (laughs) further along but I think like now because we've started shooting it so now we have the set characters of our film Mm -hmm. and I I think in finding our first chunk of shooting it was much easier to say are you available? No? Okay who's available for this? (laughs) (laughs) chunk? But now we have we have established people and so I think the puzzle of when is everyone available? When are the locations available is going to become a large challenge. I don't think it's an insurmountable one, but I think that that's going to be like a big jigsaw puzzle that we're trying to figure out through throughout the whole film. I'm also currently self funding it. Cause again, because Breton actually is on testosterone. Um, we talked about weight, like doing the traditional grant system, but I was like, by the time we hear back because it takes so long, we'll have missed it. We'll have missed the window where this is interesting. So we decided just to start shooting. And again, that's scary, but also fun. And hopefully some of those grants do come through eventually. But yeah, that'll be another challenge.' It's like how do we how do we get the the funding to at least do post-production? Because also our music budget is going to be a problem, too, because it's about singing. <laughs> you seeing... already
0: know. Oh, yeah. We oh, already made right. some strong
1: choices about what music is going to be included. And we know the price tags of them. But we're like, this is what it has to be. So, whew, that's hopefully gonna be the, the whole money. budget. Yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, well, we've signed up now. Oh, I didn't yeah. even clue in that with it being, like, about a musical theater performer and a singing voice, you're going to need. Okay, well, that's where the budget's going. We're going to get post-donated. And the whole budget <laughs> is gonna have to go to the music rights. Yeah. Already exactly. up front. Yeah. 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 Oh, and it's a and I think too, like in my head, I had pictured it more still scripted, but more on the documentary side. But when you're saying mm. like these characters and things, so it's more script, still based, of course, in truth and like very authentic. Mm-hmm. But if it's more on the scripted side, you definitely need those like locations and those characters. Yeah. Oh,
1: (gasps) yeah. We talked a lot about it being more documentary, but I also, I don't know, I think for everyone involved, it felt to me Mm -hmm. like as a director trying to protect my cast, I was like, it felt better to create these characters that are definitely Mm -hmm. separate, have different lived experiences, um, Obviously, like you said, we're like pulling from from elements of truth from Mm -hmm. myself and from Breton and different experiences we both had. But yeah, everyone, it's definitely characters.
0: They're lucky to have a director like you who's looking out for them like that. That's really nice. You're like, "Ah, I feel like it's safer for everybody that and I'm like, yeah, absolutely. If I I was one of the actors, I would appreciate that very much. Mm. That like delineation that you can still tell your story, but it doesn't have to be. You, your name, you you know, you can have that, that safety. How was it like approaching directing a film versus TV? Like, did you find that there were differences for yourself in it? Well, I find (laughs) just uh,
1: (laughs) now that I've had a budget, uh, going back to having no budget uh, is interesting. But in terms of like TV versus film, I don't think I necessarily approach it differently. And I think I'm actually still learning on, on the TV side of things how to hit all of the markers that you need to hit because like you need your credits to hit and then your commercial break. And then it has to time out to exactly this cause you're on network TV. And so I actually think I'm more so trying to still like become comfortable in that. Whereas this feature especially just has so much freedom. Cause like, there's no one. There's no other producer right now to tell me what to do. There's no yeah, network. Yeah. There's no anybody. Yeah, so right just now, my just bank account
0: great. and some yeah. other artists. Yeah, <laughs> so there's a big
1: it. limitation there. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty
0: much. That, I feel like that usually ends up being though. It's like the smallest budgets are the ones you have the most freedom, and the biggest budgets are sometimes yeah. the well. And I think also with TV, like with a film. Often, well, I'm going to say like 99% of the time, it's like the director is directing the whole film. Whereas for TV, and of course, you know this, but for like people listening Mm -hmm. and who might not know, for TV, often you might have, you know, 10 episodes or 20 episodes and you're bringing in a director to direct one episode. Mm -hmm. And what I mean, what was the experience like? Not only are you coming on to direct an episode, like this show already has a full season, it already has that set up. So it's Great because there's a formula you can reference, but also everyone already has like a working relationship and they're all you're the you're the new person coming on. Like, what was that experience? I'm like, can you tell me? I'm like clenching my shoulders. Like it's (laughs) nerve-wracking to come on and be the new person and you're in charge. Like, what was that like on sort of?
1: Yeah, it's definitely interesting. It's also funny. I think you explained to me that is smart because the amount of people who go, oh shows have different directors like no one sees and I'm like do you not watch the credits and then it makes me I'm like oh no no one will know that I'm even directing it oh um, no <laughs> Instagram but, they'll but know because you no told one, them yeah, on yeah, Instagram exactly. yeah yeah exactly but it is it is a very unique situation because you have like a, a vision of of what you see the episode being and then it has to fit into a pre-established framework like you're saying I think every everyone was so lovely and like seemingly excited about my contribution to the show and so it never felt like people were like whoa 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 what are you doing but I also I don't I'm not the type of person to be like I am gonna change everything yeah, yeah yeah this is now a sci-fi and
0: like, we're we're <laughs> yeah. going we're making it yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah.
1: Uh. um and I, I, I I've been, like, very fortunate to to talk to Helen Shaver a few times in my career. I don't know. She was in Poltergeist, but now she's directed, like, Maid and Station Eleven. And oh, she's wow. incredible. If you don't know her, check her work out. It's incredible. Um, but before Ashton Lily, I was like, what do you do? Because, like, you want to make sure it feels like your work and blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah. And she's like, just understand the ethos of the show. And because you're the one who's talking to the actors and, like, making those decisions even if your eye is on fitting into a formula it'll still feel like yours because every single decision runs through you and i think that took the pressure off for me cuz i felt so like but i need to like make it mine and it's like no you're you're hired on as a guest to fit the show and and to execute the showrunners the creators visions and so I think it's selfish when directors go like, no, no, no. You have this successful show. I'm going to change it. And mm-hmm. That's that's not what I'm there for. With crew, it is like, and sort of we only had four days an episode. And so it's very fast, which you can tell the first couple days. And it's not because they're like trying to test you or anything it's just you are a new like element in this this thing that they've already been doing for months and so there is a bit of learning how to work together Mm -hmm. um that happens on any set though yeah um but yeah there is a bit of them trying to figure out who you are and you're trying to figure out how that dynamic works But yeah, by the last day, I was like, oh, I think we found it today. And then it's the last day. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're like,
0: oh, I realize this person hates working with this person and (laughs) I keep putting them together. And everybody knows it. It is interesting. I think that's such wonderful advice too, though, that like work within the tone, the ethos of the show. And because it's you doing it, you will direct through you. Like that's just, you can't direct it as anybody else. You're just you. So like you will come through in those, even those a bunch of like, a thousand mini decisions that you're making will ultimately feel feel like yours in the
1: end hopefully yeah hearing that my mind was like blown and I felt more (laughs) like comfortable and then I think it didn't make me go try and overcompensate
0: Mm -hmm. in any
1: sense because you're just like
0: it'll happen yeah it's even honestly it's even helpful like as an actor to hear or a writer like to you know, it's like, oh, you're going to guest on a show for one day and you always want to fit into that world perfectly. And then also like, okay, well, you want to add something because that's why they mm-hmm. cast you or that's why they brought you on. But just remembering, yeah, but like, no one's going to say the line exactly like you're saying it, or nobody's going to bring that to the character, just be in the world appropriately and then yeah. be technically appropriate for, for yeah. whatever yep. thing you're doing there. And then, and the rest will just filter through yourself. Just try and yeah. be yourself kind
1: of thing. Yeah. yeah. And they hired you because of that, the way you said the line or mm-hmm. because of your perspective or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. And just trusting that, which is yeah. hard, but yeah. I can do
0: yeah one step at a time uh one one day at a time one prep at a time (laughs) um I would love to ask you some little I call them rapid fire it's such a stupid it's just like here's a collection of random little questions that I have for you great okay great fun okay great do you have any tattoos I do what tattoos do you have my hands which one hurt which finger hurt the most
1: (laughs) I don't know actually perhaps my pinkies yeah, that's what I maybe I I love that
0: you have them in between your fingers because like if you don't want anybody yeah, to see them. Kinda,
1: I just, have one on this side that that ruined that, but yeah, that ruined that. No one would know on this. Oh, oh no, and then I got this one. I forgot. Oh, I okay, fair. You. Fair
0: so on I the did, pointer finger. But
1: these two were my my latest ones though, the ones that are visible to other people. Uh, were my my latest ones.
0: You got you got very confident by then. You're like I want everyone oh, yeah. to see. Everyone <laughs> yeah. to see the
1: hands by this point. My mom already knew I was
0: getting tattoos, oh, okay. so I didn't have yeah, to worry yeah. about her
1: disowning me. It was all good.
0: <laughs> I actually have a friend who got like a full chest tattoo and hid it for years. And and he, and he would say I'm going on a family vacation, like it's, we're going somewhere hot, and he would wear a t-shirt and anyway, anyway. I mean, they found out like they're at a pool. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so um
1: which one was your first tattoo? Uh Oh my gosh i can't do this without making inappropriate <laughs> gestures uh was that purposeful his, the two oh, okay. on hands um the x and the camera
0: and oh camera why the x i mean i'm just assuming why the camera maybe i shouldn't assume but yeah
1: that was fair yeah um that one is a bit of a, a personal story
0: love okay great i love <laughs> oh my god i can I can read faces. Um, Great. Oh my God. This is so fun that they're all in your fingers.
1: Okay, cool. Mm. I was wondering. Also, what do you see with this one? I see boobs. Great. So many people go like cyclone smiley faces. And I'm like,
0: no, boobs. And that's so weirdly specific. And why are there two of them then? There would just be one. No, I see boobs. And part of me was like, oh no, does everyone say boobs? And you don't want it to be boobs. But I'm like, no, just (laughs) go with what I see. I see yeah. boobs. Yeah. Oh, I love and You can just hide the boobs if you want, or you can have nipples yeah. out if you want. Oh, that's yeah. great. That's great. You choose
1: your own adventure.
0: I felt tattoo energy off of you from a specific story you posted of the feature film script. And I don't, and I thought I saw a wrist tattoo, but it wasn't, it was just like a thread. And then I was like, oh, I feel like Jay
1: has tattoos. I think the story, I think you're, you, you know, is actually Breton <laughs> and, um, no but arm. I posted, I reposted it it's okay um but it's funny because we've been like finding a bunch of similarities between the two of us and like we both have he intentionally got a C mine just like kind of doesn't have part of it anymore <laughs> um, but they look very similar and we found like a bunch of weird similarities and that was one of them so he has one of those wow. I think here, which was was in the in,
0: in the, the photo, photo. wow Oh well, just somehow. Wow, you and Bretton were like really meant to meet and work together. Like just all these little yeah, kismet, good. kismet little things. I said rapid fire, and then I asked you like seventeen follow-ups. Okay, so <laughs> okay, question: If you want, question. Like <laughs> getting yeah. myself yeah. back on track. If you want to unwind from like a long day, what are you mm-hmm. watching on TV right now, or like movie? Is it a? Is it a greatest hits? The Office? Is it something new? What are you watching right now?
1: I feel like Unwind and What Am I Watching Right Now are two different things. Unwind is like trash TV. Unwind is because if I'm watching something that I actually care about, I'm, I'm so like activated. I'm thinking about all of their choices. I'm thinking about how I would have done it. I'm thinking about like how amazing they are. And so yeah, often watching like actually good TV is not a good thing for me when I'm trying to unwind because I'm just, I'm in it.
0: I'm so with you. What is the, tr- then I watch trash and everyone makes me feel bad about it. Like you want to make TV and you're watching this. And I'm like, yeah, because otherwise I'm a little bit at work, yeah. which I love, but I'm not, my brain's not turned off. What is the trash yeah. you're watching to unwind? And trash is another person's treasure. So what treasure are you totally. watching right now to unwind?
1: I just finished all of uh tiny house nation, but not because I want a tiny house, but because I love like clever solutions for stuff and so even <laughs> I made a whole new plan about how we're gonna do an outdoor couch next year I was like I'll build it and it will have the storage and then yeah because I was inspired by the tiny house uh, G- mentality okay Jay that is not turning your brain off <laughs> like, but it's not work okay you fair know? it's
0: inspirational and in, it's like, like fun yeah 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 okay I when you said tiny houses I was picturing um there's this competition on CBC about like miniature houses, like people building miniature houses. It's like oh, the miniature house competition. Found it one day with a friend and we binged all of it in 24 hours. I'm going to send you the I link.
1: I be watching it probably tonight. Please yes, do. <laughs> I'm
0: going to send you the link because it was amazing. Okay. That's amazing.
1: I can't wait. I can't wait. Trashy reality TV. That's it. Trashy reality. Same.
0: Same. Literally right before we started chatting here, I was like, oh, great. Let's unwind a little bit. I'm a little nervous. Um, Okay. Who is a performer? I'm sure there's many. So who's one of the performers that you would love to get the opportunity to direct?
1: Oh, yeah. There are so many. Um, I am going to go with Cynthia Arrivo, though. She, So she's now playing Alphabus. So I'm like, now I'll never be able to afford her because <laughs> fuck, Disney got her. But I saw her on Broadway in The Color Purple a few years ago. And it like, Changed my life, and so I think she's incredible. And I like to be in an actual room where she sings. I think I would die. So Cynthia Erivo, and I wouldn't be able to to because I'd be like, I can't sing. I'd just be like, (laughs) do perfect. (laughs) moving on nailed it moving on one take wonder
0: all the time. i'd be like no
1: we have to do 40 takes because yeah, yeah, yeah. we haven't gotten it yet yeah, yeah yeah the
0: camera fucked up
1: just blame everybody yeah yeah yeah
0: the sun was just weird I just
1: want to be serenaded yeah yeah oh
0: but maybe it's like this kismet thing where she ends up in your film like musical theater i don't know <laughs> it's been weird fucking kismet die. shit so
1: far i would die no i haven't i haven't thought about it but now i'm like now i need to make that happen I i'm putting it how. out there Internet, please. Probably help. in London shooting Wicked, but
0: we'll try. We'll try. Well, she might be finished in the next year. We'll figure it.
1: We'll figure it out.
0: I've come on board. I'm like, we'll figure if it you out. You can secure Cynthia. Okay, I will be forever. again. Okay. Yeah. That'll be yeah. my only job on the on the movie. <laughs> Worth every penny. Okay. Thank you so much. uh I'm I'm also free for hire. Um. <laughs> Perfect. What? <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> um. What would you say your love language is? One of the it's like gifts. Oh yeah, gifts words of encouragement or something. Yep. Um, acts of service, touch, and quality time. Quality time. I had to Google them and write them down because I was scared that I'd forget them when I started talking to you. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll get nervous and I'll forget.
1: Uh, I would probably say a split between, can it be a split? It's going to be yeah. um, quality time and touch. Quality time and touch. And probably words of whatever, whatever the other one is. Yeah. I realized when I wrote that, I was
0: wondering like, for friends like if if you have a friend who wants me but then i'm like okay
1: physical touch can still be from a friend a hug from a friend is like the best thing ever and i think with covid for so long i like really missed that because i feel like that's when to me i feel like a real connection
0: oh oh i love that so you you don't have to get gifts you don't have to do things no no one needs to do anything for you just give you some nice words touch quality time yeah
1: yeah I mean I'll I'll take gifts too but sure. it's not the thing that I need no Yeah
0: if you want to do my laundry great but like I'm not going to feel loved I just feel like yeah. thank you Okay.
1: Yeah. I'm like thank god I didn't have to do that for myself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm 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 being bad I'm drinking water.
0: No, that's not bad. Listen, we didn't know that it had 0. 0.3. You got to wash <laughs> gotta that all. balance. got to out. out. Yeah. Diabetes. Yeah. I'm like yelling at you. You like, got to do it. Water. You got to have water. water. Yeah. Actually, when Nilu Handa came on, she was like I want to like let's try and drink a pitcher of water. So we tried to it, her, drink water was the was the drink of the episode. I don't have words and now. how did you both do? It was great. I had to pee so bad at the end. Fair. And like we just chugged the rest of it at the end. It was great. I felt so hydrated. Usually I don't feel very hydrated after the recording. <laughs> so that was
1: great. Yeah, Obviously, that it was, was wonderful. Good. Nilo is also in the orbit. I'm working with Nilo as well.
0: <gasps> oh. Such a fan of Neelu's too. I know Amazing. mostly through like comedy. Big fan. Well, obviously cuz I was like, please be on the podcast. I think you're cool. Yeah. I
1: yeah. can't talk yeah. to Neelu in
0: real life. I at the Avocado Toast premiere for season 2, I literally I was like, yeah. we've had so many conversations and still when I'm in front of you I feel like an idiot. Like, I can't. I think Neelu is so cool and I can't have a conversation. So cool. So cool and great. The way that I'm wrapping up these episodes this season is I have a hard time asking for what I want. I just kind of like assume like we were talking about you wanted to be a director, but you were like telling the world I'm a cinematographer. So I'm Mm -hmm. trying to get better at that. And so I'm inviting my guests to I don't know if it's like put something out in the universe, manifest, whatever the ask for, whatever, whatever the word. What is Mm -hmm. something that you would like to put out there that you would like or that you wouldn't mind if it happens? Maybe someone's listening and could give you that opportunity or something. What would you want to put out there?
1: The first thing that came to mind was money for my film. Yeah. (laughs) I I think uh, for being honest, probably that. Yes. Yeah. How about you? Yeah. Oh, God.
0: You know it's funny? I was talking to my partner the other I just got tomato sweaty. i would talk, <laughs> like, I was saying it's to my partner or my friend the other day. I'm like, I'm asking every guest this question and I've never said it. And I'm like, I'm trying to get better and I never say it. Um so
1: only if you're comfortable, obviously.
0: Totally comfortable. Also, thank God I'm the editor. I can edit all of it out. <laughs> I would love to story coordinate or like writing assist in more writers rooms. I'm developing a show right now where I get to be like head co-writer and head co-creator. And that's amazing. Mm -hmm. And like the dream for me is showrunner and actor on a show. Like I want to do that. I want more experiences where I'm working with people who are different than me in their, in their working, how, how they do things. And mm-hmm. I want to absorb how other people break a season, how other people do that, where I'm not the one that everyone's asking the questions to. Yeah. So I want to be the one who's just like, I will show up and I'm really good at taking notes and I'm so annoyingly organized. So I, I want to be in more writer's rooms or just help people on their projects where I can absorb mm-hmm. how other people do the job. So like, if you need help, if you need a writer's assistant, if you need a story coordinator, if you need a note taker, I want to do that for you.
1: Amazing You're- to know. Is yeah. there any specific type of like genre or format? Or would it kind of be like anything and everything so that you get to taste a bit of everything?
0: Sort of anything and everything right now. And then yeah. I think it would very quickly be filtered to comedy. Like I love... Mm. Our show that we're creating is like a mockumentary comedy. I also am like The Office, Parks and Rap, or like things like Veep. Like that, I just...
1: Oh. Beep is one of my favorite shows of all time.
0: Me too. Oh my god! Like I don't know if there's a more perfect show.
1: The Clay Duvall, when the the uh, the episode where they're at at the cabin, and then like the oh Chinese god. president is there, and then and the daughters she's there. Kissing. Oh. <laughs> yes, that... yes with the pen
0: oh Oh my god
1: oh my god set up like that is that was being set up for so long and the payoff was spectacular
0: so good or everything with minna everything i will watch every moment with minna sometimes i just google like youtube (sighs) compilations of the two of them and their relationship like when she has to accidentally hit her on the or she accidentally hits her on the face from the high fives or like when minna's talking about how attractive that one diplomat is who like had an acid burn on his face and she's like the "The sexual whatever I just yeah so anything anything like that is my like sweet spot dream but truly anything to just I want to learn more and and it's Mm -hmm. ended up that in order to learn or to do what I want to do I've create like I've gone the creating route which I love but I'm missing mm-hmm. out on helping other people create their stuff. And that's what yeah. I want to do also. So thanks for asking.
1: Now it's out there. <laughs> so
0: nice. Do you want to co-host this podcast with me?
1: For sure. I honestly it? I love asking people questions. Yeah. And when, when you're at uh wondering about like acceptance speeches, I'm also like yeah. to sit here and answer questions for this song. I'm always I always deflect and like, but it's not it's not like a coping myth. I just love learning about other people.
0: Yeah, I know it. it's a huge gift being on this side and getting to interview people that like truly you just get to know somebody you just get to ask them questions mm-hmm. that you just like get mm-hmm. to know another person that you really want to get to know and get to use like a podcast as a reason it's, mm-hmm. it's a great excuse <laughs> to do it. So. I have one,
1: one more question for yeah, you, Yeah,
0: of course, dream acting role. Okay, so when I saw Parks and Rec the Leslie Nope character. I was like, that's a little bit of me. Like, I really, I would love, (laughs) and I'm saying that with like a little bit of like, oh, that sucks. Like, that's me, unfortunately. Leslie's the best. Like, I'm not the most fun, but I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have organized binders, and I'm going to like remember your birthday every year, and like I'm gonna try too hard, and I'm gonna be optimistic, all those things, and then also the main character in Veep. I can't. Oh, Selena. Mm, Like, yeah, that kind of character where you get to be a horrendous character for. Uh, for the purpose of like telling a POV that you really strongly believe in, that is mm-hmm. something that would be so fun as well. So I guess a lead in a comedy.
1: <laughs> there you go. We got to it out there. there you yeah. Go. That is there. kind
0: of, that's the dream where you get to be with an ensemble comedy and get to like fuck around and improvise and mm-hmm. tell stories with like Truths in it that matter with people who just get to be like complex characters. That's kind of like the the dream. Yeah. Oh my god. Well, thank you for asking me questions too, Jay. That's so nice of you. Oh, I got very, pleasure. I'm very sweaty now. Nice <laughs> to meet you. I'm so sweaty.
1: <laughs> ah, I oh my I gosh.
0: But listen, in in real life, sometime I would love to have a conversation. You can ask me questions. I will ask you so many of the remaining questions I have for you (laughs) I would love to and uh and yeah this has just been so wonderful honestly it has been like a long time coming you've been on my list of people I wanted to interview for so long and I was like all right I need to reach out finally enough of this
1: well I'm honored because now I'm in very good company
0: oh Jay no now I'm gonna get sweatier (laughs) (laughs) thanks Jay oh my god (laughs) you're welcome Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Liquid Courage Podcast. If you like what you heard and you're looking to support the show, here's a few ways you can help. You can leave the show a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, or you can follow the show on Instagram and TikTok at Liquid Courage Podcast. Or, and best of all, you can tell a friend about the show. Tell a family member, tell a co-worker, post about your favorite episode online. Spread the word. That really is the best way to help support the show and help it grow. <laughs> Did I just rhyme? Okay. Until the next episode, cheers!